Hello and welcome to Somewhere in Between with Coach Moles and the Coop. We've got a great guest today with the great defensive tackle from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Back in the day when the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers dominated the NFL. And we have some great stories and we have a lot of content. But we've had to cut this podcast into two parts. Part one and part two. This is part one. So catch Gary Dunn, part one, and look for Gary Dunn, part two. Here we go. Somewhere in Between is sponsored by Dick Carrier's Men's Undergarments. Respect your package. Somewhere in between the radical arguments of today's world topics of sports, faith, politics, and the economy lies evasive conclusions called the truth. Somewhere in between has a mission of getting to the truth, that place where revelation lies and wisdom prevails. Our guest is Gary Dunn, defensive tackle of the Pittsburgh Steelers' Steel Curtain, a two-time Super Bowl champion. Gary Dunn is the current owner of Ocean View Inn and Pub in Isla Morado, Florida. Okay, we're trying to get through something here. All right, let's go. So what we did is we this morning we uh, we recorded this video, and uh, it turned out great. We have a great show, an audio show. We didn't get the video. So we didn't pay your bill. Okay, hold on. Everybody that's watching this needs he to see He did not pay this. his bill. Yeah, here's what, here's what really happened. He did pay and his bill. what the real result is. There it is, right there. He didn't pay his <laughs> bill. There it is. There it is. There it is. So anyway, we have to apologize to everybody. We're going to put this video up. Oh, you have to apologize. Gary and I didn't do a thing. Gary, did you do anything? Hey, I did what I had to. You know what I did what I had to do? I put out myself today for you guys. And Mark Cooper is a dickhead. Oh, I thought I was supposed to read that. No. Well, so every time Mark does something, we're putting it up. Okay? All right. I don't care what he does. I've had a long day. We recorded this thing this morning. We didn't get any video, but I wanted people to see, uh, see video. I don't know why I invited Cooper to this thing, because, Gary, you've been awesome. He's just been, you know, I mean, Coop is just what Coop is. And Coop is? Coop is this. Okay. Here's what Coop is. There's Coop right there. Here's Coop. All right. So anyway, we're going to, what we're doing, what we're doing here, Mr. King, uh, is we are apologizing to everybody for our language, for one thing, but when we have Coop in it, it's hard to do that. And the second thing is we're apologizing because we don't have any video, but there's Gary Dunn, the star. Where's the parrot? Where's the parrot? Where's the parrot? Get the parrot. That's that's a pirate and a parrot right that, there. No, that's <laughs> called the Pittsburgh Steelers. That looks that looks that looks like a German flag flapping in a bird's face. Oh my God, this guy is my best buddy too, man. He's a good boy. <laughs> and you that that bird that bird one time almost killed you. This you, bird here. You flew out in the middle of the bay and you swam out after him, didn't you? And you almost. Oh, you know him. what? You're it's a good memory. You're exactly yeah. right. All right, I jumped in the water, swam out, and got him. 
Did you know we have a whole a whole show following what we're doing? This is an intro to the show to say no, sorry no, about hey, the video. And well, uh, hey, if that's the case, I'm going good night, night. <laughs> <laughs> this is not people. Okay. Well, we are we are we do apologize. Here comes the real podcast, and you guys are done. I'm going to stop recording now. Okay. Well, you know, we're here on this uh, somewhere in between with Coach Mulls and the Coop. Uh, we got a little, we have a sponsor with us, a new sponsor, and uh, he's actually such a hustler. He's out on some uh, rattlesnake speedway in an Arizona desert, you know, and he's pulled over on the side of the road to make sure we get some special things done for our somewhere in between listeners. His name is Rick Carrier. His name is Richard Carrier, goes by Rick Carrier. Now, Rick, now this is coincidence. Now, some of you may be offended by this, and if you are offended by this, you're an idiot. But Rick is actually uh, from birth named Richard Carrier, which, you know, you can also go by Dick Carrier. And uh, Rick had a son who he gave the name Richard as well, only he is actually called Dick Carrier. Am I, or am I correct so far? You don't have to elaborate yet, Rick. I'm going to give you a chance to elaborate, but I'm correct so far? This is true. And your son is in his 30s right now? He's 26, yeah. He's 26, okay. So Dick Carrier is in his 26. Now, these guys have a men's underwear product, and, uh, and it has a dedication to, a, to an absolute way to do to live your life when it comes to undergarments. And that is to respect your package. So we're going to take a break from this commercial because we're going to get back to it a little later in the podcast. More to come from Dick Carriers and a special offer later in the podcast. Keep listening. Now let's get back to somewhere in between with Coach Moles and the Coop with guest Gary Dunn. Hey, welcome everybody to the uh, Somewhere in Between Episode 9. And we have a uh, great friend of mine, uh, Former Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, you know he's you know defensive lineman here, defensive lineman there. They're already starting on me, right? So you introduce us first. I don't care who you are. Everybody knows who you are, Coach Moles. Coach Moles. Okay, go ahead, Coach Moles. Go ahead, Coach Moles. Go ahead, Coach Moles. Go ahead. All right, let's go. Okay, we're live from the. We're live from Coldwell Banker Office in the Tech Center. It's we're live from Coldwell Banker Offices in the Tech Center. Okay, here we go. Real estate agents. Okay. Uh, that's not the fun part of our okay. lives, obviously. All right, go ahead. And uh, we are Coach Moles and the Coop. They read that sign back there all the time. I know, but right. you know what? Do you see? All it says is Moles and you are the. Yeah, but you like hide me back. You're called the Coop back there in the back. Look, Gary, see, see, we can't see what see he does. The glare off your five head. I, I know, but I, I keep telling him I need a makeup person, right? So I can <laughs> look. See that. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> you got a you got a chrome dome problem. I mean, on camera. Hey, Seriously, look, you need to just get a because, person. Just because you have Come a chia pet and put a lot of haircut. that shadow stuff all over there. <laughs> the chia pet haircut so. is old. That's like 1960 hey. stuff. Okay, so hey man, now we're starting. Okay, we're starting oh, well, because no, we that's what we do. He and I do this all the time. Did we do the intro? No, we got we barely got not quite done with it yet, Gary. So who? Okay, go ahead. All right, go so, ahead I'm ahead, so I've been talking to Gary for about a half an hour on on this thing because Coop was late to the show, 
So I feel like I've known him my whole life, and I've just I've just met him over. This I know. Year, I heard so. you guys. You were like that was like man love and all that kind of weird stuff. But what? we'll leave that alone. Oh. Defensive linemen. Okay. That's what y'all are like. I mean, you got that man love. Defensive linemen don't even know what man love. Man <laughs> <laughs> That's the keys right there. That's where you come home. And you well, I'm sorry, you guys are, ladies you and gentlemen. Can, you guys are drinking coffee. We're drinking our coffee right here. <laughs> That's Gary Dunn. Gary Dunn is down in the Keys where he lives, in the Florida Keys. And Gary was a stalwart member of the Steel Curtain of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I know that. I the had to play best, against him. The best football team in football history, really, if you think about it. Maybe, I mean, some people are going to throw the pa- Patriots at, but honestly, the way you guys had to play football back in those days, well, I guess I, I had to, too, but... I don't think these guys could handle the, the shit that went down uh, no. when we played. No. You know, I just don't think they could handle it. I think that Pittsburgh Steeler team would beat these guys stupid. They'd be, oh, he hit me in the stomach. You know, he grabbed my balls in the pile. You know, I mean. I mean, you had, you had, you had Gary in the middle, right? And you had Lambert on one, on, on, on one linebacker. You had uh, Ham at the other linebacker. You had Jack Ham. Blunt. Right, you had Blunt, you had uh, yeah, Mel Blunt, Donnie Shell, <laughs> Donnie Shell, yeah, me, Joe Green, LC Greenwood, you had um, Dwight White, Mad yeah. Dog White. In my early days, we had a guy named of Ernie Holmes. Oh, I remember. And they Ernie called Holmes. him Ernie he was the Fat Holmes. He, do you remember him? With the haircut. Ernie, Ernie came, my rookie. He, no, he exactly right. He had an arrow. Yes. On top of his head, and I said, "Hey, Ernie, what's the arrow for?" He said, point the way to the quarterback. And I go, okay, man. I mean, he came in about 5'11", 325, <laughs> 30 pounds, comes into training camp. And he just, he's doing pass rush drills and just launching these offensive linemen. I mean, just unbelievable. He could only go about two or three snaps. Was he really that, that short? Then he got to go sit out. He was really that short, huh? Yeah, he wasn't that, he, I don't think he made six foot. That's a bulldog. And we called him up. Ernie, Ernie was, I tell you what, my rookie year, well, that scared me that Ernie. Ernie, Ernie, we called him Turnpike Ernie, and this is before, uh, in 1976, when I went to the Steelers, um, Ernie had a little issue where he snapped out with his wife, he caught his wife cheating on him, he went out to the uh, Turnpike in Pennsylvania and, and drank a bottle or two bottles of Cabassier, which I didn't even know what that was, and was up there, and the police came over. He was shooting at truckers off of I-79 in Pittsburgh and was shooting at truckers with a gun. They flew over. He actually shot through the uh, the, the police helicopter. Oh, my and, God. I mean, he's going to go to jail and all this stuff. But miraculously, he got off with a probation. <laughs> so so his wife, because was, he could play. his wife cheated on him. Did you introduce his wife to Coop or something? What oh, here we go. Hey, well, hey before we go well, down that road. Who are you with this morning? Coop? Wait, no. Hey, so, so let me ask you this. <laughs> uh, you, you told me a story, and I can't remember. Two D linemen. What do you expect? Two D linemen. Tell the story about you and uh, Weber and Webby Webster. And Mike Webster. Stopping on the turnpike to have a conversation uh, and doing pass rush on the turnpike. Well, uh, true, true story. Um, that was, we went from a four man front to a three man front. So I came in that year because I led the team in sacks the year before. I came in that year light, ready to rush the passer. 
all of a sudden they said, Gary, we're going to a three, four, you know, we're going to put you at nose tackle. And I'm going coach. I said, I came in here to rush the pass. You're going to put me at nose tackle. He says, you're the best guy against the run. You need to do it for the team. And so, you know, I've always had a little bit of a weight issue as Coop could tell you. So I go, well, I'm thinking this is bad, but you know, what's good is I'll go out and eat with the, the linebackers. I'll go eat windy triples and milkshakes and training camp and, and have a good time. Well, so we go on, and I'm playing nose tackle against Mike Webster, of course, probably one of the best centers that's ever, ever played ever. The, the game yeah, of ever. football. Yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely. So we're going to have a scrimmage, at, you know, and then we get off one day. Of, one day, you only get off one day. So we, we're going to go. I talked to Webby before the game. Webby's already all pro and everything, all everything. I go, Webby, look, how about just taking it easy on me? I'm just trying to learn the position. I said, I'm trying to make this freaking team. So he says, okay, Gary, I'll, I'll, I'll take it easy on you. I said, okay. So we line up and we have a scrimmage, a 20-play scrimmage. First play, Webby comes off the ball. We call him hydraulic man. He would come up underneath. Instead of coming out and punching straight, Webby would come down here from where your, your waist was, and he would actually pick people up in the air. All of a sudden, you're standing straight up. First play, drove me back, threw me right in Jack Lambert's legs. And, and Lambert looks down at me and says, hey, Dunny, can you play this thing or not? Because I'm going to get hurt out here. You need to stop that guy. Webby proceeded to just own me. I mean, he he put me off the ball. He hooked me. He cut me. It, I mean, just it was terrible. After the scrimmage, I go, Webby, what in the world? I thought you were going to take it easy on me. And he goes, that was easy. I go, well, that's not good. So I'm riding home. We get, we get off the day, right? I got a Jeep, a CJ7 Jeep. Coop even probably remembers that. Oh, yeah. And I said, you know what? I said, that's it. I'm done. That's my last. They're going to look at those films, and I'm out of here. So I take my Jeep. I said, you know what? I don't even care. I took all the beer, threw it on the floor of my Jeep, and just took ice and filled my Jeep up with My Jeep was the cooler. And I'm driving down the Pennsylvania Turnpike drinking beer. Webby drives by in his Lincoln Continental. I shoot him a bird. Where are you? He's like, what's your problem? We pull over on the side of the road, Pennsylvania Turnpike. I'm going, Webby, geez, you just killed me. I said, you know, I was trying to make this team. And you're, he goes, no, no, you did good. And so we start going through techniques on the side of the road. He says, you're, you know, you got to get your hands here and the inside and, and blah, blah. So we go through this. Next thing you know, we're doing pass rush drills on the side of the Pennsylvania Turnpike <laughs> drinking beer. And, and he goes, and I grab him. This one last time, I threw him on the hood of his, his as his Lincoln Continental, and he goes, you got it, man. You got it. That's what you got to do. He goes, I couldn't do a thing with you. He goes, let's go one more time. So I did the same thing again. I got my hands inside, exploded off the ball, and grabbed Webby. He picks me up and throws me over the guardrail. <laughs> and he gets in his car and, and drives away and laughing. See ya. It's like, oh, that sucker so, you know, just baited uh, me again. <laughs> so, Gary, we uh, our show is uh, watched by a very broad audience. We have um, moms of high school players, dads of high school players, uh, because Mark and I have both been high school coaches and worked with high school kids for for decades, actually. And uh, so, you no, know, now most most of the high school guy I did all the middle school stuff with you know Creek Red Nation and. Traveling all the country with those kids. Well, <coughs> our, we had a lot of fun. our camps were. 
Well, the camps, yeah. Our I camps take that back. Yeah, all of our camps were high school camps. And even camps. Some, some college guys would, yeah. would come yeah. back. But and then we do stuff on the side, too, with kids one-on-one. But that's been fun. Well, my, can I add one question for you before sure. you go on, Coach? Do, do you edit this stuff, then, what we say? There's <laughs> <laughs> kids no. watching this stuff. No, or? no, 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 no. Uh, one of the reasons, okay, go ahead. I, one of the reasons I'm not a fan favorite with a lot of the athletic directors in Colorado is because I don't, you know, I mean, I, I try to get these kids to have a feel for how nasty this game was when when guys like you played and how tough it was because the toughness factor in in high school is going down and that story was pr a perfect story not because i want high school kids to go fill their jeeps up with beer and then ice and ice it down uh, i don't think anybody should do that including you gary it's a little bit strange but he's from colorado so he okay We'll, we'll leave yeah, that we had, alone, okay? We had, We're from yeah. South Florida. That's a whole different well, it's story. It's a great story. I love oh, it. Yeah. And I want these kids to hear it. I don't, I, you know, we, we want it to be unabated. We want it to be what it is. Um, we want moms to hear because, you know, uh, dealing with moms in high school who aren't used to physical contact and the ferocity of the game, their kids uh, have, they have to learn that toughness, Gary. So the, the story is very pertinent to what we do on, on our podcast. And, uh, you know these these guys have to learn uh, how to how to play become tougher. And a lot of these kids, you know, they start their freshman year, sophomore year, and the first words out of their mouth is "I'm going Division One." And then you watch them, and they patty cake, and you go, you know, what are you going to do with that, right? Yeah, you know? exactly. You know, yeah. all you have to do, honest to God, all you got to do is have size and be nasty, and you're way ahead of everybody else in high school football in a lot of states. Okay. Um, so that, that story, we want to stick to those kind, kinds of stories because while we're laughing at that story, those are the greatest memories you have, right? I mean, that's the first. That's the first oh, great. Let me ask you a question then sure. with, with the high school just because uh, nowadays with all the head trauma and all this stuff, um, you know, what, what, what are they – a big difference for me was at the University of Miami uh, when I was there as a defensive lineman, we used to do forearm – and, you know, it wasn't head and hands. It, it was forearm. That's what, that's what we did. And the biggest change for me, which really is why I think I played in the NFL, was head and hands. Yeah, you know, when I went to Pittsburgh, headbutts, George Perlis, my defensive line coach, pulled me out there and said, what I just done was across my – they took a piece of tape was across yeah. my helmet. <laughs> and they put done on there so they knew who I was. He said, we're going to do headbutts. And I'm going – yeah, what, what, what's headbutts? I want you to come off the ball, lead with your head, and then I want you to bring your hands after we, but I want you to carry the whole thing with your with your helmet. And that really got me to stick my head in there. And i tell you what, at first I didn't even wear a neck collar. Um, and my dad, who was a, a very great football player for the University of Miami, he's a ring of honor, Mark knows yep. the story. I, would t I called my dad up later. I said, Dad, we're doing these headbutts, and the back of my head is actually bleeding from my helmet snapping back when I when we're doing these headbutts against 280-pound guys. And my dad goes, son, you do not have to do that. He goes, I, I, you just tell them you don't want to do that. I said, well, no, I'm going to do it. But I ended up getting a neck collar. And I tell you what, that made me come off the ball that much harder and that much oh, faster yeah. because the first thing for a Absolutely. defensive lineman was attack. 
It wasn't take a step and throw a forearm. It's attack. And Absolutely. nowadays, what what are they teaching them? Well, so um, yeah. first of all, <clears throat> one of the things I teach kids uh, is pain management. Uh, and by pain management, I mean I tell them, look, a UFC fighter gets kicked in the jaw with a ferocious kick to the jaw. Might even break his jaw, but he won't stop fighting. He'll go down. He's got about a second and a half to recover from that shot. Now, we have kids that I see accidentally get hit in the head by somebody who hit him in the head, and it's not a ferocious hit. It's not anything that would do any damage, uh, Gary. It's they feel that blow, and they immediately think they have a concussion and they're going to die. Uh, and uh, it's to get them to understand that uh, that we're we're built, and anybody any doctor will tell you this. We're built to be able to take blows from the front side. Okay, it's really hard to get a concussion the way you're describing it. Head up, straight up. We're built as human beings to be able to take force from the front. And we're really easy to knock over from side to side, you know. But we're built to take that blow. This is the hardest bone in the in the body, right here, on your skull. It's uh, the hardest. Especially Cooper. Yeah. So you know the thing is, is that you you have to tell these guys. You literally have to t teach these kids. If you have pain, pain lives in your brain. Okay. It's a signal from your body through your nervous system to your brain that says. You have an owie, okay? How long do you want to hang on to that? Because you can turn that off in your brain. Boxers do it. Great football players do it. UFC fighters do it. People that can turn pain off in there, and you, you probably have a natural ability to do that, and Coop has a natural ability to do that because you played this sport and you had to deal with a lot of pain. And it that just was called tequila. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, don't you, we just went through if, this, Coop. We're not supposed to be. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you're, under, if you're right. under 70 years old, please don't listen to that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> here's the We're second, close. Here's the second thing. When we have these young people on, we, uh, we talk, we're talking, um, and they want to hear sometimes, you know, advice based on some of the stories that you have. Your, your, your story is tremendous. I mean, uh, we want to do that because – you see Gary telling this story, and he, and Coop and I are laughing, and Gary's laughing. These are the greatest laughs of our lives. Huh. They're just the, the we we, we could do we could do a moments. week of shows with Gary, right? Those, Gary, those Gary's stories. got a great personality. But anyway, tell um, I, I I taught him that. Let's go back to high school and work our way <laughs> back up to the this awesome. Well, let me ask, before you go off. Let me let me ask you a question, Coach. Go ahead. Um, you're talking about the side-to-side -side concussion thing. No, because I see this. It's driving me crazy with the football nowadays. We're taking the head out of the game. Yes. But these guys are trying to throw their shoulders in there, making these tackles. And I watch these defensive players uh, making the – you know, your shoulders. How, you know, how big is your shoulder? From the side of your ear to the end of your shoulder, six inches, whatever. But I'm saying these guys are trying to put their shoulder in there and they're turning their head away. Just like you say, that's where you get hurt. You Absolutely. hit the side of your head. And, and I watch them, and I go, they're all worried about the person they're hitting. I go, look at that defensive guy. That helmet, that head gets shoved sideways. That's when you break a neck. 
And that's when there's a problem. And that's what they're trying to do nowadays. They can't tackle. It drives, it drives have, you, have you watched the tackling right? this year in the NFL? No, there is no tackling. Yeah, There's no the, more wrapping your hands and stuff. But it's just with the concussion thing. I know what they're trying to do, but it's yeah. that drives me crazy. So, so yeah. that, that, let's go back to let's go back to high school. You went to high school in Miami or Coral Gables High School. I went to Coral Gables High School. Okay. Yeah, and tell me about we, we used to kick Cooper's high school's butt. Oh, not at all. only when you were there. When I was I, because I'm so was much Coral younger Gables than you. Coral Gables a powerhouse or oh, not? No, they yeah they absolutely absolutely. Did you guys win any state championships in, in high school? You won eight state championships? No, did you guys win a state championship at Coral Gables? Back then, you, if you of lost course, one game, you were out. We won national championships. <laughs> we won national championships. Oh, here we go. <laughs> you know, a school like... Let me tell you what. My, Coral Gables was tough. My, they, my, senior, my, my senior year at Coral Gables, you remember a guy named Neil Colsey. Neil I don't know Colsey, if you yeah. You had Ortega. Neil Colsey played Ohio State and played for the Raiders. Yeah. You had Glenn Cameron, who played for Cincinnati for yep. 12, 13 years. You had Ralph Ortega, yep. who played for the Falcons. And the Dolphins. And you had me. We were all on the same high school team. Yeah, that's stacked. That's stacked. But, you know, it's it's your high school is called Coral Gables. I mean, it sounds like, you know, there might have been a few non-particulars sexuality going on in that school with the name like Coral Gables. He doesn't know South Florida. Now, what are you I trying to South say? Florida. I've been there. I've been to Coral Gables. Oh, you've been there a couple times. Yeah. No, seriously. Seriously. Coral Gables. So Coral Gables, Killian, Columbus, uh, who else? South Miami. Um, those Miami were kind high. of Miami. Yeah, well, yeah, Miami High and Jackson were all powerhouses. And a lot of those schools were uh, 99% uh, f- totally black schools. Right, I mean, it was kind of comical when I I played Coral Killian. Wasn't. No, Coral Gables wasn't, and Killian was about sixty percent. And when I played at Miami High or Jackson in basketball, I would be the only white guy in the entire gym. Policemen were black, the head coaches were black, everybody was black. But we didn't. There was no race issues back then. I mean, we we were all athletes. We we're all playing against each other. We had no issues whatsoever, and that's what gets me about the stuff that's going on now. I mean, we didn't have those kind of issues, whether it was a white school, a black school, a mixed school, any of that. Do you, did you guys, Gary? I mean, I'm, I'm, we're kind no, of jumping I, I off. No, totally I agree with we're you. We're jumping off base I, a little I bit. Tell people about ra- I tell people about racism. I says sports, you know, uh, we didn't really experience a little bit of some of that stuff. But back then with the high schools and everything, no, we, we had no problems whatsoever. No. And, and, you know, when you play on a team – you guys know, you know what, you don't, hey, there's, there's really, I don't see that going on a lot at all. No. You know, there wasn't. Some of my best friends were the black guys, and I'm still, even today, I still Same have, I, I went to Pittsburgh, and my son went up with me last fall, and I made all the guys there, gosh, you want to talk about, you love these guys, uh, we just had a great time, man. None of that stuff going on. So, Gary, you tell, let's, uh, I'm going to reel you back a little bit. Um Tell people about your adventure, you know, with your dream, how you felt, and did you have a dream, a goal to play Division One football? I know you went to the University of Miami, but you're in high school. Tell, tell, Just talk about that journey and how fun it was and what you were trying to do and how you got to where you got. Well, you know what? When I came up, even at the University of Miami, when I came up, uh, I mean, I played high school. I was trying to make the high school football team. You know, you're younger. And the Coral Gables, you know, we'd have 
we'd have 100 people on for the grade 11 and 12. Yep. It was a three-year high school back then. You know, we came up there in 10th grade, and we had a sophomore team that had 60, 70 players on it. So I played sophomore, you know, I played there on that, and then when I got up to varsity, all of a sudden I started getting some letters from colleges saying, yeah, you, you might get some scholarships. But I, I didn't really think like, like they do nowadays, I think these kids think, let's go to the pros. You know, let's, let's go, we're going to be, let's go into the pros. I didn't think that at all. Well, they don't I thought, understand let the me difference. make the high school. They don't understand the difference between, um, you know, the, the levels of ability, uh, Gary. They, they come in and, and they don't understand the unlikelihood of them making it to the Division One level, especially to a school like Miami in the days that, that you played. And I don't think I'm that much younger than you are. I'm going to be 65. He's the young buck here. He just looks like he's my age. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm older than both of you, so it's okay. Well, that's okay. You don't have to reveal that. So you go to you go to How come, when you say he doesn't have to reveal that. You put his birth date on the announcement on Facebook, so everybody knows how old he is. Well, now you just told him to go look at Facebook to see how old he is. Well, because you you posted it, and then I reposted it. So everybody knows how old you are. So well, you just just don't worry about it. Just well, get out but, of that wheelchair later. I, I, listen, and you'll let's be take. Fine. Can we get back to? Anyway, let's, let's take the in. age out of this. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with I, you. I, let's take the age out of this. Yeah, because we're time. Look I, at our I hair. Know one thing. Was, look at our hair. Who do you think the? Who's the oldest? <laughs> I'm telling huh? you this. Mentally, mentally and psychologically, <laughs> we. We are younger than anybody who's watching this thing, even if they're 16 years old. So <laughs> we're fine. True, very okay. True. You're all right, man. <laughs> all right, so go ahead and grab. <laughs> anyway, take, take us through the journey. Go back. We're, we're okay. I went to high Pearl school, then all of a sudden I get you know letters from colleges, and and I was recruited. I went around to a lot of places. I was recruited. How big? You because know, I was a big kid. Uh, and my senior year at Coral Gables, I was six three. I weighed like. Uh, 235, 240, you know, uh, you know, I was running a 7-0. No, I was running a 4-8. <laughs> but uh, I played stand-up defensive end when I went to the University of Miami. So uh, then at the University of Miami, I played stand-up, two-point defensive end. I even dropped off on passes, which turned out not being a good thing. Ooh. And uh, I remember playing Florida State, and I'm a stand-up, two-point defensive end, and they said, Gary, they do not run this, but just in case this formation comes out, you got that wide receiver man to man on this certain defense. And I go, I got a wide receiver man to man. That's probably not good. They don't run it, Gary, just in case it happens. Sure enough, we play up in Tallahassee. I line up there. I looked at the formation and I go, holy, and there, there's the guy. I got a man to man. He's got like six wristbands on there. You know, he's, you're looking at him, he's doing 150 just standing there. And I go, there's no way in the world I'm going to cover this guy. So I turned my back to the quarterback when the snap, and I just ran right for the goal line. I tell you, he's going to show up here sometime. Well, he was already there. <laughs> he caught the ball, touchdown. That was the end of my coverage time, is what I'm saying. That was, that was your so last I ended moment. up playing. That was my last moment, yeah. So I played, the, ended up moving me to tackle. We played a five-man front back then at the U and uh and then the you know, same thing am I gonna play in the pros well I don't really think I'm gonna I don't even think about playing the pros I'm trying to make the college team and then all of a sudden Who's I start your head getting, coach you know with the, 
Who was your head coach at that time? I was there. I was there when they had problems. I was there. We had Fran Kersey, yeah, Pete Elliott, yep. and Carl Sub. I had three head coaches in four years in, in Miami. We were a mess back then. I only had one year that we had a winning record, which was my junior year. Dennis Hara and all those guys were were, were seniors. And uh, yeah, the U at that time was, you know, that was before the. Um, uh, was it uh, Lou Saban? Lou, Lou Saban yeah. came in, yeah. Lou and, and then we started started turning around with, with uh, Snellenberger. 70, he came in '77. Lou came in in '77, and you were in the no. pros by '76. Was right? it? Yeah, '77. You're right. Yeah, yeah. And you were gone right after What year you did you get there, Coop? '78. Yeah, '78. I, I graduated. No, I, I went to I went to the pros in '76. Yeah. So anyway, but when did you get to the U? '78. 78. Okay. So you had who was when you so came Lou, in? You Lou, had Saban? Yeah, Saban recruited me out of high school, but he had already been there for one year. Because uh, uh, you remember Don and uh, uh, oh shoot, OJ Anderson and then Don Anderson. He, he was a draft. Uh, OJ was a freshman when I was a senior. There, there you go. Yeah. He came in. He came in as a freshman and outrushed. He played like three games, outrushed everybody we had. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was unbelievable. So did you? Yeah. Uh, so did you but, move from stand-up defensive end yeah. at Miami while you were there? Yeah. Well, as you know, coach, things happen. Right. I ate my way closer to the football. The more I ate, the more pizza I had, the more cheeseburgers. I kept getting closer to that football. All of a sudden, I was right on that thing. <laughs> and you know the amazing thing about being right on that football is when you line up, you are. I mean, you think about it. The whole world revolves around that football. <laughs> I would line up on it. I would literally be three inches Drifting from there with it. my fingers down. And that ball would go somewhere. It would leave. And all these things would happen. I'd hear crashes and breaks and people crying. And I'd come back up the next time, and I'd line up with that ball be right back there again. And it was a great position. <laughs> amazing I liked thing. It. And so if you were three inches away from it, you could have licked it with that tongue you have. Oh, I oh, we gotta go there. Oh no! I'm oh, sorry. Never mind. Let's stop. Let's we went stop. to the tongue. No, we not Did you see what that? happened no, I, there? We I, went straight to the tongue uh, from the football matter. to the tongue. Well, the guy I mean, I'm already been told to clean so, this okay, up, okay, and now we'll you're stop. going there. Right, well, no, you don't need to clean it. Up. You don't need to clean it. I lost it for a second. It's we're fine. Yeah. See that? Look at that. Look. Oh my. See, that's talent. You're picking your own nose with that tongue. Well, you know what was good when you played in the cold. All that cold snot comes out of your nose. I didn't have to wipe it with my hand. I just got my tongue and just licked that sucker off. <laughs> so, I want you to tell the kids that back when you were at the University of Miami, I asked you this before, and I'll ask you again. Now we went to I, the I kids. Straight, Go ahead. I didn't get a straight answer last time, okay? Okay. Uh, was it won't. hard for you to me memorize all the answers to your tests before you took them? <laughs> And the coaches gave it to you in hey, Miami. Let me tell you, the University of Miami is a strict academic place. Thank you. And it's up there almost That's with the Ivy League. That's why you have to cheat. I know Miami's a great school. Well, you going to tell yeah, me those well, guys? We got to do something. It's, right it's all about the U, man. Yeah. It's all about the U. There you go. Oh, there it is. <laughs> there it is. Got his, he's got the yeah. stripes on, huh? That's good. Hey, we all know about trying to go to school. And let me tell you what, if you guys know, I mean, Seriously, but so it's all kidding aside, you know, all that stuff. My rookie year, I thought I, – I, I mean, rookie year, my freshman year, excuse me. 
in Miami. I says, oh, man, I'm going to UM. I'm going to have a ball. This is going to be so much fun. Frank Percy had us in three-a-day practices. We have study hall. We got to go be there at 6 o'clock in the morning. You got to do your classes. I went through that whole semester going, I, I was miserable. I was like, oh, this is college? When does the fun start? I mean, it was like no fun. So, you know, it's tough juggling all that stuff. Well, yeah, Unless you're Coop. Is that smart? Yeah, offensive lineman. That's, that's, you know, we can handle all that stuff. But, no, it's oh, very yeah. tough. It's very difficult. I mean, the, the kids don't realize that it's actually a job. It's, it's you're going to college, but you literally have a job, and you're basically saving your parents about a quarter of a million or more dollars um, when you go down to, you know, books, uh, books tuition and, and uh, the whole nine yards you get. Oh, absolutely. Five-year college, sometimes six with a gray shirt, this, this red shirt, this uh, medical gray shirt thing that goes on, or red shirt, I'm sorry. So, yeah, I mean, that's, you're, that's a quarter of a million dollars is being handed to you to walk onto that college campus these days. What I'm I mean, saying is, you know, we, we joke about it, but, but, it, but it's really, it's, it's, you know, it, it's tough. You want to get, you want to graduate. Back in my day, which I give these guys a lot of credit, you know, these guys are graduating. You know, I, in my day, say what, uh, I don't know what the percentage was, but a lot of guys didn't graduate. And they end up blowing it off. They had to come back to school, pay for it themselves, because all of a sudden they get out in the world and they go, you know what, I, I need a degree. I went four years, five years, didn't get a degree. Coop's case, seven years, and didn't get a degree. So, you know, they, they had to come back and pay for that that school and themselves. So, uh, you know, that nowadays, I'll tell you what, they make sure these guys, you know, at least by whatever percentage. I know Miami has a great percentage. I think a lot of the schools do a, a lot better job nowadays, don't you think? Oh, they do. Yes, yeah, totally so changed. I have, I have a question for both you and Coop because you both went to the University of Miami. Um, what did you guys say to the cops that you never got in trouble about when you robbed those liquor stores? How would you get out of that? <laughs> you know, it, it brings it brings a story to mind there, which I I have to watch Mark Rick. Uh, you had him on your show, yes, and um, and he used to be Coop's roommate, and um, <laughs> and I'm I'm gonna we I go back ask Coop, I go back Coop's a senior at the University of Miami. Now Coop, I had a boat. Coop was working in a marina. In his off time, he he would he would take care of my boat, and uh, and we got Mr. to be Dunn's friends. Boat. That's how I met Mr. Dunn's boat at the time. Mr. Dunn's boat, yeah, he would call me Mr. Dunn, and everything. He'd take care of my boat. And I won't tell you, I let him use the boat one time. But why did I let you use the boat, Coop? Uh, I had a date. <laughs> I had a date. Okay, we'll leave it at that. So, anyway, so Coop, <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. A, we'll leave it at that. Story. It's a family show. So <laughs> anyway, Coach, here's what goes on. So Coop says to me, he says, Mr. Dunn, uh, we're going to have a party over at our apartment. Uh, maybe you ought to come by. So I go, over the 34, wasn't the 34s, you guys were, doesn't matter. Anyway, the jock apartments, which I used to live in. So I go, you know what? I've been back to campus. I want to go by and see the guy. This would be great. So I go, you know what? These guys don't have any money. Now, I'm making huge bucks. I'm making 28000 a year in the NFL. So I said, you know what? I'm going to carry. I got two cases of beer. I walk up to Coop's apartment. He's up on the third floor. He's living with Mark Rick and a couple other guys. 
and I'm sitting here going, let me think which one it is. All of a sudden, I look up there. Here comes a couch on fire off the third floor. Just threw it right off the third floor. Bam! Lands on the ground like this, and I'm going, uh, I'm home. I said, I'm home. This is good. All of a sudden, Coop comes down, and uh, I'm not going to say Mark Rick's involved because, you know, we're but, but uh, he knows he was around. So <laughs> here comes Coop down. He's got this Dodge. I think it was a Dodge, wasn't it, Coop? Big Dodge Power Wagon. Your truck? Big, yeah. Big Dodge with these two-door bumpers. He comes down there. I'm still sitting there with my beer. He says, he goes over there and gets it. This, this guy here needs to be out of my parking place. Takes his Dodge truck, puts those tubular bumpers up, and pushes his car across the parking lot. Tires smoking. Just shoves it off the way. And I'm going, hey, we got glass breaking and stuff. I go, you know what I did? I sat down on that case of beer and started having a beer. I go, oh, man, I feel so comfortable here. This is this is a you right here. And then so, Coop and them, they take off. So they're gonna go. They're gonna go to a place, and and all of a sudden, Ameri- I said American five more minutes. I know what's happening. The American embassy. American embassy is where they went. Well, all of a sudden, I knew security. All the cop, the cop cars. They're gonna, sure enough, they come flying through the parking lot, circling. I'm still sitting on my case of beer, and they go, "Hey, did you see some guys here? Guys in a Dodge with these blah blah blah. Did you see which way they went? Of course, I pushed them the wrong, the, the wrong direction." <laughs> and Cooper and them headed to this place, the American Embassy. And I go, well, there's the you, man. <laughs> hey, you know, these days, you know, over the last probably 10, 15 years, PN headlines. Oh, yeah. It would have been. Oh. You're right. It, you guys would have been in so much trouble. You would have been kicked out of school. You would have, uh, and all this fun that, 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 uh, that you guys had and I had too yeah. in college. Yeah. Um, and everybody of our era. We had. basically stole all the fun for the kids today. Because <laughs> yeah, no, 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 they cell phones. Stole they can't the even fun. call their girlfriend yeah. without going so, to jail. Cell phones days. and Twitter and social media is what killed their fun. That's Absolutely. what killed their fun. Absolutely, they didn't right. get to have that fun. Well, you're right. I mean, we could. You're exactly right. We couldn't do any of that. That stuff. But really, it was all harmless fun. It was harmless you know, fun. But, I mean, they played. They played hard. They played hard, but nobody was going to get hurt. Nobody was, you know, it was, it, it was all good. But that was, yeah, I'll <laughs> that, say that, you know, Gary, all, all the crazy and fun and running boats at night, no lights and following vapor trails and this and that. I mean, no one ever got hurt. We, we literally, no one ever got hurt. I mean, a bump here or a cooler hit you or something or whatever, you well, flying me, off your. Well, people uh, would take you know. care of each other. Yeah. I mean, you guys, you're a football team, man. You had teammates. Those right. guys are your brothers. You're going to. You are going to watch after them. If somebody gets a little bit out of hand, you're going to let them know, and you're going to help each other. And, well, also, and that, you know, that still went on. You know? Also, back in those days, the coaches and the administration in the football department. And now more from Dick Carrier's Respect Your Package. You tell me if I'm wrong here, Rick, but to wear any other type of brand of underwear is actually disrespecting your package because you should have the dick carriers underwear on so that you don't disrespect your package you respect your package am i getting am i getting close here yeah yeah absolutely we support that but rick and his dick carriers uh have a feature called the ball boost ea Okay, now 
it you could think of it maybe there's a more you know appropriate way or proper way to say it but uh, I just don't think that there is a, an a more accurate way to say this because I have a pair of Dick Carrier's underwear and I have been pleasured by the ball bustier. And I'm going to tell you that without the ball bustier, there's no way to have respect for your package because I'm going to tell you it's compartmentalized. Now you women may not understand this unless you think of the bustier that you might use for your body uh, or you know, the stand-up bra kind of uh, concept. But I'm going to tell you something. The ball bustier is literally a separation away from all of the skin stickiness that goes on in a man's midsection. Now, we're, now the, the name of our show is somewhere in between. So this ball bustier is somewhere in between a man's legs. And I'm going to tell you that your balls are safe from your legs. Would you say that the ball bustier is an important part of that, uh, defeating that problem? That That is a key feature here. And, uh, you know, we built that ball bustier for support. And uh, and it also, you know, does a great job of keeping everything, you know, keep the boys in place. And, uh, yeah, you know, we, uh, we've, we've been very fortunate to, uh, to have uh, great athletes like yourself put it to the test. And, uh, yeah, that's another benefit is uh, is keeping uh, keeping the stickiness to a minimum. Uh, so these are these are very comfortable tight underwear that come in a tube, right? Show them the tube. But uh, do you have a tube there? We with got, you? Yeah, we got comes in a gift tube. Comes Respect, in your gift tube. Respect your package. Respect your package. Go to well, the Ryan. Gear. What we've been able to do is create a luxurious compression short. So so blending luxury with compression. A lot of the straight compression shorts that you have, um, there's too much compression, too much nylon. We're using micro model with a four-way stretch. Once again, we're going to go back to our podcast with Gary Dunn and return to finish with our little spot on Dick Carriers. Respect your package. If you wrote a story about a bad story about a guy, you weren't allowed on campus again. Yeah. You weren't allowed in the locker room. Well, you're, you know what? That's a good point too. Yeah. You weren't allowed to that's come true. back. Now, nowadays, that's different. Now the uh, yeah, you, you, you have absolutely no control over it. But let me ask you this: the, that attitude that we grew up with, playing, doing all these types of things, you don't want. You obviously can't recommend that to a kid. But wouldn't you agree that the way that you were living your life was the way you played as well? Yeah. With just complete reckless abandon, you know, and playing this playing the sport that way. And I still see today uh, guys, uh, Gary, who who have that reckless abandon that play within the rules of today, and they're the guys who get recruited. Now you went to one of the best teams in the history of the NFL, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. How'd that happen coming out of the University of Miami? Well, you know what? Um, it, I didn't really know it was going to happen. I got drafted in the sixth round, and back then there was some lawsuit or something with the um, National Football League and the Players Union, so the draft was like like a bunch of rounds were all done in one day or something. So, uh, But the only reason I say that was I waited around all day because I thought I was going to get drafted maybe in the third or fourth round. They're telling me, why didn't you get drafted in the sixth round? I had a call. Uh, from uh, it was some I don't remember what team it was. They called me up and and they they said you know the second round. I go oh, I'm drafting the second round. 
They said, no, we're watching film of you at the American Bowl or this bowl game I played in or something. And I'm going, well, when you, when you guys going to draft me? Well, that night, the Steelers called me up. And I'm going, wait a minute, the Steelers? Steelers just won two Super Bowls. They won Super Bowl nine, and they won Super Bowl ten. And I'm going, you know, I was at Coop. You remember Lumways, right? Yeah, yeah. Lumways on 67th Avenue. Yeah. Well, that's where I got my phone call. They had to come get me out of Lumways to go have me come back to answer the phone best from uh, George Perlis and that best burger bar in town. So I I come back and they go, um, you know, we're, we're drafting you to the Steelers, and I'm like, wait a minute. They just won two Super Bowls. They got the Steel Curtain. They got Mean Joe Green. They got all these guys, L.C. Greenwood. And I go, that's not the team I want to go to. You know, I want to go to a team that might need somebody. So I was really like going, oh, my gosh, how in the world am I going to make this team? And I tell kids, and I'll tell you, my mindset, I'd like to tell everybody, you know what? I worked hard. I knew I was going to make that team. I didn't think I was going to make that team. I never thought I was going to make that team. But I'll tell you something. I worked my butt off. I got in the best shape of my life. I worked myself to the bones because I, when I went there and I didn't make that team, I wanted to, to say to myself later on in life when I'm sitting on that bar stool that I did everything I could to make that team. I didn't want to have one little doubt in my mind that I could have worked harder and done anything more and I did, and that's what I did. Well, that's so the, that's the best when I answer. went there, that's the at, best answer you can give anybody because that is the answer. Yeah, I mean, you you don't go anywhere without the work, and you don't go anywhere unless you, if you know what you want, if you want to play Division One football, and you're a high school kid, you need to know what a Division One football player looks like, and you need to understand that you have to do what they do, you have to achieve what they achieve, and then out achieve that. And so you went in with the Steelers with the right mentality. Now, you came out of high school in 76. So you were in the uh, Super Bowl down in Miami against the Cowboys. Talk about the two Super Bowls. Well, the high school was 72. 76 was Miami. So Miami. I was in oh. the Super Bowl in the 78. I think that was the year of 70, the season of 78, which, is, which was Steelers-Cowboys. Right. And it was down in Miami. Right. And, you know, uh, in Miami. people don't know this, but I was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. And uh, I tell people that to try and brag up the fact that to hide the fact that I got cut six times actually, and I was never on the I was on the cover because I was I had a security jacket that the NFL hired me to get me more some money. You know the the, the teams helped me become a security guy, and I was standing on the sidelines. You know when uh, Lynn Swan made that great catch, I was right on the cover watching, <laughs> watching him make that great catch wow. right on the sideline with my security. Were you really? Yeah. Talk, talk, about, talk about those two Super Bowls, Gary, because a lot of people, um, I mean, yeah, I, I, had a, I, like I had a Super Bowl that. experience that didn't quite turn out like yours, but you had two winning Super Bowl experiences and two rings to go with it. Talk about those. Well, I mean, it, you know, I went to Pittsburgh, and my, after my rookie year, when I, when I finally actually, when I made the team, which I was surprised, I did make the team, but like I said, I just, Kept hanging in there, and then back then, you know, we had six preseason games, yeah. and they brought in the rookies two weeks early. Yep. So you're talking about, you know, you're you're there for for eight weeks of training camp yep. before you go play the season. So, and then we went there that year, and the Steelers lost that year. Our first four games we lost in 1976. 
and, and everybody's like going, all of a sudden they're like, what's wrong with you guys? And I'm going, oh, great. I came on, I make the team when we're going to dog it. Well, then we end up winning like, we ran like eight or nine straight with that defense. And I don't know how many shutouts there were. And the only reason we didn't go that year again was that Franco Harris and Rocky Blyer got hurt. We beat the Colts by 40-some points, and we had to go out and play the Raiders uh, without Franco and, and Rocky in, in that year. And yeah, they beat us, and they went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. That was a great team right there. I'm telling you what, that team, that, team, that, that defensive line, the, the, that's the team there in 78. I mean, I'm sorry, in the 76. And then the one in 78, they, they use as probably one of the best all team, you know, all time teams ever, you know, with that defense. You know, I mean, they, they were, it was, they were awesome, man. So, uh, you, the, nobody will ever forgive me if I don't, uh, a little bit about your relationships with some, you know, just icons of the game like Terry Bradshaw, about Franco Harris, about uh, Lynn Swan. Um, you know all these great uh, and Lambert. Jack Lambert. How about Lambert stories? Lambert. Uh, I mean, just just a snippet. Just and, a snippet. You know, Mean Joe Green, and uh, you know all, all all these different people. And we'll stay away from this shower story you told about Mean Joe Green. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Maybe you should go. Maybe you should go. Anyway. Well, mm. well, yeah, let's talk about Lambert. Go Lambert. For anyway, well, all right. Let's put it this way: You want to talk about Jack Lambert? Uh, last fall, we had a reunion of the, uh, which was, it was a Super Bowl fourteen reunion. Uh, we played the, when we played the Rams. Well, I went up there last fall, and, and Jack Lambert, you know, calls Jack will call me every now and then. He lives on a hundred and some acre farm outside, about an hour and a half out of Pittsburgh, uh, and he has a, he's a hunter. He's an outdoorsman. He, he is Jack is a one. Jack is Jack. I mean, it's hard to describe Jack. Jack cares about really little, but, you know, his hunting and his family, great family guy, great kids, uh, all, all that stuff. But Jack will call me up and just be like, hey, Duddy, we going to have a beer or not? And I said, coming up to this reunion, why don't we I'll meet you? They're having a big function in town at the William Penn Hotel in Pittsburgh, Forest. Why'd you come in? He goes, I'm not coming in there. I go, why aren't you coming in? No, I don't come in that far. I go, well, you don't come in that far. It's an hour and a half. Come on in that far. He says, no, I'll meet you in a bar halfway. So I go, okay. So I go to meet Jack at this bar called Hostas, which is his bar. He's been when I was up there. <laughs> We're going to be at this bar, right? So I'm talking to the Steelers, and they said, well, you got this function on Friday night. I said, I'll be there late. I says, I'm meeting Jack out at a bar. We'll tell Jack to come on in. I said, I told him. He said, he won't come in. I said, oh, well, all right. Well, then we'll see you there. All of a sudden, there's 15 of us because <laughs> everybody's going, hey, Gary, where are you going to be? I go, I'm going to be out at Hostiles having a beer with Lambert. Well, I'm coming there. So all of a sudden, there's half the teams at Hostiles. <laughs> they have this nice function there and stuff, and they're going, where the hell's everybody at? He goes, well, Ben and Lambert, and them are all out of Hostiles. They go, yeah, go figure. <laughs> that's probably it, you know, but that's that's you know, Jack, you know. You know, Gary, uh, I don't take this the wrong way, but you don't look like uh, the type of person that's a, a beer guy. Uh, I don't think you went out there and had a beer with Jack Lambert. I think that's 
Is he, you mean talking about one beer, yeah. Coach? What's, I think he, what's he trying to say? Maybe two. <laughs> what, what, what are you trying to say? <laughs> what am I trying to I mean, say? You're trying to say I might have some. You trying to say I might have some problems? I don't think I have to explain it. I think most of the people <laughs> watching this right now are going, "That guy didn't have a beer ever." Neither no, did Cooper. I, I oh, look, and neither did I. I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm okay. <laughs> Honey, you see where I'm at here. Here's my beer. We're out here. So. <laughs> well, I can't imagine. But the thing was, we were pre 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 game was getting all the liquor <laughs> out of the background. I said, "Why would you do that?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I but went to I went, a, I went to the locker room as a security guy, and uh, I had to walk some players into the you know just walk with the players into the locker room. After the game, and I walk in and I look at Jack Lambert, and he's sitting down on the on the bench, and he's got a cigarette in his mouth, and he didn't have any teeth. Oh, yeah. He's like smoking smoking a cigarette. Now, I guarantee you, he didn't have a beer either. <laughs> that guy was impossible to cut. I mean, literally impossible to cut. Well, you know, my rookie catch. year was the weirdest thing with cigarettes is everybody ran in at halftime, yeah. and I said oh, these yeah. guys are gung ho. It was to get an extra cigarette in at halftime. Exactly. You know, they were smoking cigarettes at ashtrays, ashtrays in their lives. I've never seen anything so like that. So were the coaches. The coaches would be what? smoking cigars and cigarettes on the sidelines and with, yeah. with flasks. Oh, yeah. You know, the Vi the Vikings coaches, they all wore those long those long uh, overcoats. Yeah. They had a little Snops. bottle of something in every pocket, you know. Just yeah, they were probably and smoking just cigarettes. And people don't understand that, you know, when I went in at halftime, you walked into a cloud of smoke. Right. Every single game. Yeah. You know? It, it, it's oh, yeah. No, I know. Yeah. It was crazy. You think about it. Now these you guys. Know, but Lambert, Lambert, Lambert was um, his, his own man. I mean, he did his, oh, yeah. his own thing. And uh, you know what? I mean, I remember, uh, I mean, he loved playing Cleveland because he was from, you know, from Ohio. And, uh, and he, would, he would go there and he would get so wound up for those games. And I'll tell you what, man, I mean, he brought, every time he played, he brought everything he had. Oh, and he, you know, Lambert was 6'5". Great 6'5", at the most, 240 pounds. You know, just think about it. I mean, he was a, he was a string bean, you know, yeah. but, but the guy would absolutely. Yeah, I, I remember one time we played, Cin we played um, Cincinnati. And they had a running back by the name of Pete Johnson. Oh, yeah, that's big. And big, Pete big, Johnson, big, big. big fullback. Yep. Well, Pete Johnson got suspended for, for drugs or something. He came back on Monday Night Football. He's running on the field. I mean, Pete looked like about yeah. 280 yeah, he did. on there. And Labor goes, he goes, hey, you see that sucker? He goes, you better slow that sucker down. So Pete went through the line, the first couple of plays, just full of steam. He Lambert hit him with everything he had. He ran Lambert over, and, and at halftime, like Lambert goes, "Hey, Dunny," I go. He goes, "Could you at least slow that guy down?" I go, "Hey, Jack, that was freaking embarrassing, man." He goes, "You look at the same size of that guy. His his face weighs forty pounds." I go, "Slow him down." He's like, "Yeah, what happened?" I go, "Okay, Jack." Well, you know, Sorry. did they oh. uh, teach at Miami the difference between the difference between an S and an F? Because you said that Lambert said sucker. That's like having a beer, right? Yeah. It didn't happen. So no, let's that... go. <laughs> let's let's go to uh, let's go to uh, Terry Bradshaw. Did you have a relationship with Terry at all? Yeah, Bradshaw was great. Love Brad. 
um, you know, knew him for there for a long time. Knew him back when he went out with the JoJo Starbucks ice skater. That's right. Yeah. Um, and all that stuff. We went up to one time. A funny story with Brad. He had this. I mean, I'm a rookie, you know, and he had this fancy a, a townhouse in downtown Pittsburgh. Looked over the rivers, and he's going to have a party for the team and the ice capades, which JoJo skated for the ice capades. You want to talk about opposites. I mean, we're at this party, you know, and you got all these guys, and we're trying to talk to the ice capades. I mean, it was like, what in the world, you know? And there's here's Terry. Terry's a good old country boy. He was out of water, too. You know, I mean, it was just, it was, it was just a great, but then you had JoJo in there and talking. I was like going, okay, you know, let's uh, think we better get out of this party. You know, we had these little finger foods. Those little fancy finger foods, you know, the linemen are going, hey, Brad, where, where's the where's the steak? Where's the potatoes? You know, what in the world is this stuff? You know, <laughs> Brad, Brad, Brad is a he still is a, he's a great guy. Uh, the way he is on TV is the way Brad is, and and the best thing they ever let him do on TV is be himself. You know, he's a funny freaking guy. I remember one time we played the Buffalo Bills, so. And Brad had a bad game. I mean, he's throwing the ball, interceptions. Chuck Noel, our head coach, um, who was a whole other story, he he decides, he goes, you know what? He gets a, Here's a speech on Tuesday. Pasta. Pasta's our problem. Carbohydrates makes your eyes. Uh, you need more carbohydrates. You're not focusing your eyes. So everybody's going, what's he talking about? He's talking about Bradshaw is throwing to the wrong team because he needs more carbohydrates. So the next day, Wednesday practice, we look in Bradshaw's locker. Lynn Swan brought in 40 boxes of noodles and threw them in. It filled his locker. He couldn't even get in to get his clothes on. They're all full of noodles. <laughs> that's that's Brad right there. So, 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 you, you. You told a Chuck Knoll story once. I tell a couple Chuck Knoll stories because he was a he was very very different head coach. I mean, great, one of the greats all time, obviously. But yeah, I'll be just right back. We're comments, having a technical difficulty. I'll be right the comments, back. Yeah, the comments that that Chuck would make to you from time to time in the weight room or or some of the, I can't remember all the stories that you've told over the years. But talk talk about Chuck for a minute. Well, Chuck, we called him Chili Chaz. You know, Chuck was Chuck was always Chili Chaz. You know, he was never one to have much for conversation. A good, a good story with him would actually be at the University of Miami when uh, he came down to uh, watch a, a practice one time. Uh, he had some players there. He was interested. It was my rookie year, so you know, you're a rookie. You know, here's the head coach, and I'm watching practice with him. And I said, nobody's talking. Just standing side by side for 15 minutes. Nobody says a word. Me, him. George Perlis is there. Very awkward. And finally, I said, well, Coach, uh, I bought a new van. I've got it all customized and stuff, you know, got a bed in the back and stuff like this. He goes, is that right? Well, good, you might have to live in it. And that was it. And I went, okay, that, that did not go well. That did not go well. <laughs> that did not go well. You know, Chuck, Chuck, Chuck was one of these guys who would go home and, uh, and you know, if he didn't know it, he's going to go home and and read a book about it. And he's going to come the next day and tell you how to do it, what to do it. He was very analytical, uh, everything. And really deep down, Chuck, 
Chuck was a really a good guy, uh, you know, but he was very, his, his, his way he coached was, didn't let you get close to him whatsoever. You know, that, that, that was Chuck, but he knew every position on that field. He can go on offensive line, defensive line, every linebackers, everybody, and tell you exactly how to play that position. So, yeah, he was, he was very, you know, was a very good coach, but he was definitely chilly chats. You had a you had a quarterback one time break his hand in a bar punching a dummy or something, didn't you? <laughs> so he hit Coop. Don't bring up that. Don't bring that up. No, that was Cliff's. That was Cliff Stout. That's right. That was Cliff's. That was Cliff Stout, and that was a. Um, and you dared him, probably. Well, let me how to put this right. We we played the Seattle Seahawks, and and Bradshaw got hurt. We should have beat them. We got fought, only time ever. 12 years with the Steelers that we didn't fly out after the game besides the Super Bowls. And we got fogged in. We had to stay. Mm-hmm. Lost the game. Cliff Stout to back up to Bradshaw. Bradshaw gets hurt. Well, they let us go. We go to a bar in Seattle, Washington called Montana's. And in Montana's, they had one of those bulls, those mechanical bulls. Well, of course, we got to get on the bulls and ride <laughs> and stuff like this. I'm on the bull riding along trying to get the bull and I get blindsided and about knocked me out and this guy's got to be in a choker hold I'm grabbing his hair and it's freaking Lambert he dove on me the whole rest of the team dives on everybody on the mechanical bull they got about 20 some guys you're in the bottom of that pile you're suffocating right <laughs> so after that Cliff Stout you know those punching bags you hit yeah those mechanical punching bags I'm with Cliff and Cliff goes yeah, I'm going to knock this thing out. I go, okay. Well, he swings sideways and not – those bags are meant to go north and south, not east and west. He swings sideways, and all of a sudden he grabs his arm and goes, oh, my God, my arm. And I, So me being Dr. Dunn, well, let me check it, Cliff. Dr. Dunn. I go, you know what? I think it's fine. I go, we'll get a couple more shots here. Get a couple more one-on-one turkeys. And, you know what? You'll be fine. Well, the next day we go down to get on a plane. Cliff's got his arm in a cast. He broke his arm. So now you got Bradshaw and the backup quarterback hurt and stuff. So we took off that day. Honestly, the guy, the true story later is we're still fogged in. Chuck went out there and we're not supposed to take off. We took off. (laughs) We left and went back to Pittsburgh. And that week of practice, here's Cliff in his sling. We had to bring in somebody else. I don't remember, but Chuck turned around and saw me talking to Cliff, and he goes, hey, Donnie, don't you think you've done enough here? <laughs> and I go, so I'm getting blamed for the quarterback breaking his arm. I go, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that yeah. was our Montana story. We got we got uh, fogged in one night in Seattle. We They literally put us on buses, took us to Portland uh, to get us fl- to fly us out. So, yeah, that, that's – Oh, a, did they really? Yeah, that's a tough city to get in and out of sometimes. Well, you know, what's weird about Seattle is it's a beautiful city, but yeah. – we played there so many times, never saw the mountains. Right. And all of a sudden, it was clear one time. I go, God, this is beautiful, but it's always fogged in. Yep, and raining. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, amazing, right. interesting place. <laughs> so, yeah. they, so, hey, let's talk about the OB yeah. a little bit. I was just down there visiting with you. We had a little fun and uh, had a little fishing tournament, et cetera. But so Gary, Gary's got uh, Shangri-La in his backyard, by the way. He's got a pool with lights and, and pool bar seats and a big cheeky hut and and the whole works, and he threw, he brought in the, the, the stone crabs, 
you know, just like, uh, you know, the old days. And, uh, yeah. but, but he owns a bar and restaurant in the, in the Florida Keys. And if uh, anybody's, wa- people that are watching, listening, you've got to stop by the OV. Mile marker 88, what, five? No, 80, uh, 84 and a half. 84 and a half, that's right. 84 and a half. So, but right across from Theater of the Sea or the old holiday. The, the OV Isle. is right. the Ocean View, right? O- ocean View, yeah. But yeah. I just want to p- p- make a point here. It's Ocean View, but it's on the bay. Well, here's the story. Yeah, that's a good story, actually. The story is the OV, the old OV, used to be yeah. down uh, south of where it is now, and they used to see the ocean. So Hurricane Donna came around in 1963 and blew the OV away. Yep. And so the guy found pieces of it. Where it is now is actually, for the Florida Keys, it's like one of the higher points, which is about 14 feet elevation. And the guy rebuilt it there. And at that time, you could still see the ocean across the street because there was no trees. Well, now the trees have all grown up. You can't see the ocean. So the only thing you can see is the bay. And... So but we decided we still kept the, the story is that it's the OV and uh, and that's a story. So that, that's why it's called the Ocean View. And we still get people. They come from Germany. They come from – we got seven hotel rooms and a bar and restaurant. We got a pool. We got a dock on the bay uh, and all that stuff. And uh, I'll have people – I'll be sitting there in the office. I'll see people walking circles around. They'll come inside and go, excuse me, where is the ocean? <laughs> It's over there, but the bay is out there. Right. That's what we got. Uh, there's one it's more called story. Uber. It's called right. Uber. Yeah, but there's one more story you got to tell. So yeah. let's talk about the NFL story, the, 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 the sign out front and the NFL guy coming down. The NFL has been? Yeah. Yeah, well, I got my sign out front, Dennis Hara. I bought the OV with Dennis Hara, who played for the Los Angeles Rams for a year, a great offensive guard uh, pro, for them for, forever. Or, we were yeah. – Six times pro ball, all that stuff. So he he was my roommate in college. So he came down to the Keys, and we're trying to figure out something to do. So we bought the OV together. And we took this old bar, which was just a little derelict street bar with this little hotel, and we and renovated station, it. The old, it was an old packing station, too, back back in the day. You could buy. It had, had a package store, yeah. had a little old bar, and, and all that stuff, right? So. And we were a member of the NFL alumni, both Dennis Hare and myself. And they would send us these NFL alumni stickers, which which you guys probably get. And uh, I said, you know what? Let's put NFL alumni on our sign. Let's put, um, you know, NFL stuff on there. So we And we'll put the ocean view and all that stuff on there. Well, I get a letter from the NFL alumni saying, you can't use NFL alumni on your sign. And I'm saying, why can't I use NFL alumni on my sign? Well, because it's a copyright, uh, and, and you're not allowed to have that for to publicize it. I said, I understand. I said, between Dennis Hare and myself, we got 25 years of NFL experience. We were members of the NFL alumni. I, I want to put it on my sign. Well, you're not allowed to put it on your sign. And I, we, so we, we're talking about it. We're going to fight it, right? So we're, we're going to tell them we're going to fight it. Fight it. They said to me, we're going to find you X amount a day and this and this and this stuff. So I finally I go, all right, so we can't compete against that. So I had somebody take down the sign. Instead of NFL alumni, on the top of it, I put NFL has been. And then there, we have shields on there that do kind of look like 
the NFL shields, which had a football in them. So I had them take the football out, and I had to put a beer mug in where the football was. So then I put the sign back up there. <laughs> All of a sudden, I get a call from their attorneys. Uh, Mr. Dunn, uh, this is so-and-so representing the blah, blah, blah. Yeah, okay, whatever. Said, uh, you know, we, we have a problem with your sign. What are you talking about? I took down alumni. And everybody goes, all right, I see what you did, but you know what? The NFL's got a problem with you using NFL. You know, just the, just NFL. I go, do you know what NFL stands for? He said, yeah, National Football League. And I said, it does not. And I'm going to change the wording here, but it stands for no freaking lines. We put no freaking lines in our drinks. NFL. <laughs> he goes, Oh, come on. I go, oh, come on. He goes, all right, well, we're done. That was it. It's been the same way ever, well, ever since. <laughs> it's, you know, I've, Coop will tell you that we ran, uh, my company ran this these camps for a few a few NFL teams, uh, like 14 of them that we did camps for. But uh, we started with the Denver Broncos, and I couldn't even put on my resume I sent to parents that I was working for the Denver Broncos, which I was, but I couldn't put it. I couldn't use any of their logos. I couldn't use anything. I couldn't put, you know, we had a trailer that we we hauled equipment with. I couldn't put it on the trailer. I mean, the, and they were they were serious. They were going to fire me if I did. I mean, they were they were going to hire somebody else to do the camp. So I can't, I mean, they're, uh, they're real serious about that stuff, you know, trying to use. No, they got very serious. Yeah, they, were, they weren't messing around. You know, that's for sure. But actually, it's better the way it is because I have people look at it and they just laugh and they, and they come on in. So, yeah, it, it, it's all good. So do you do uh, uh, Coop's uh, what, Redbone tournaments down there? What, yeah, uh, it's Gary. This concludes part one of episode nine of Somewhere in Between. Please browse for part two of episode nine with Pittsburgh Steeler great Gary Dunn to complete this two-part podcast. Thank you.